0: Goodness. I felt like I was melting in worship. I don't know about you. Sense of God's presence, so powerful. As we prayed for the sick, and uh, you know, as Frank was saying, secret illness, meaning it's not secret to God. You might be aware of something going on in your body. Maybe you haven't told somebody. I just believe there is such a powerful uh, presence of God here today in faith, just. Literally just, you know, just kind of pull that down and say, that's for me today. I'm healed. I'm going to believe in my healed body. Um, and uh, you receive that today. We believe God heals today, and he's really good at it. Um, and, uh, yeah, you just press in and believe for that. That, uh, that voice, that powerful little voice you heard this morning is Ella, and we're so proud of her. Ella Bruno, I think. Her dad's back, Uh, his his chest is sticking up pretty far. He's back on sound this morning, and uh, yeah, whew, I don't even know where to go from here. It's like, wow, so much faith in the room, and I just appreciate you entering in. Um, Saw some of you parents kind of doing that this morning, that was good, and and then we just took it a notch higher uh, as we just... Love Jesus. If you're visiting with us today, we just want to say welcome. We're so glad that you're here. We hope you'll stay after in the parking lot for our uh, finale time with uh, Gaytown's chip truck will be joining us and some stuff for the kids and for adults alike. And if anybody sees my wife go anywhere near the bouncy castle, could you have permission to tackle her? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Physiotherapy did wonders, but... uh, like to keep it, keep her healed. Well, I want to talk to you this morning about having a monumental family, and uh, we this that was our theme this week. Monumental is another word for great, and so the kids learn that God is awesome, that God is great. And uh, as Frank already said, we had an amazing week, and um, I, I'm just so uh, proud of our team um, as leadership is given. And from Brittany Brink, and just pours her heart and soul into our kids' ministry and then down into the team. Thank you so very much. Amazing. If you're new, if you're online today, you can't um, uh, really appreciate how much work went in unless you were here this week and how much finances. And I say that simply to say the sacrifice means we love kids here at Harvest, and we believe in family. And it's our privilege and honor today as we uh, just take a moment to, you know, really to honor families. Parents, you don't get enough recognition for the hard work that goes into building a family. And today we want to recognize you. Would you put your hands together and just uh, all the families, all the moms, all the dads that work so hard, especially our single moms and dads. Keep it going. Single moms or single dads. Wow. So difficult, but you're getting it done. We appreciate you so much. I want to share just a few principles with you that will help you build a monumental, a great family. And one message doesn't cover all of that, obviously. I just want to kind of put some rocket boosters on you, give you some points today. But I think you'll find these points helpful. And if you're before the season of raising kids or you're after the season of raising kids, um, here's the deal at Harvest is we believe that we're in this together and um, I'm a personal example. I grew up in a small rural church in southwestern Ontario, and I had a whole bunch of moms and a whole bunch of dads. I had a home I went back to, a mom and a dad that loved me very much and raised me to know Jesus. Um, but... I had uh, people that I still cherish and honor, Um, one lady, uh, Joyce Sutherland, I think is turning 99 this year, and uh, uh, you don't know her, and I can just say this because she's not going to uh, I found out as a teenager that she was 14 years older than her husband, which was kind of a big deal back um, in that age category. And uh, today at 99, and, and so after I got a little bit older, she said, yeah, that was to keep me young. And you, could, you never knew there was an age difference uh, in them uh, at all. And uh, today at 99, she is still rocking it, still a great, a wonderful grandma and a great grandma. She imprinted my life, I know she can't hear this today, but I want to honor the mom's and, and uh, that impacted me, and there are moms in this house. I'm talking to everybody today about building monumental uh, monumental families. Just uh, put your hands together, and someone in your life, a mentor, uh, a mom figure, a dad figure, somebody that was a coach we're in this together. Proverbs 24:3 says it takes wisdom to have a good family. It takes understanding. To make it strong. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you are the source of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, Proverbs tells us. And so, Lord, we're really understanding today that building strong families is we don't think is possible without Father God being a part of that and being in the middle of our marriages and our family It takes understanding to make it strong. And Lord, I pray that the spirit of understanding uh, would be prevalent more than ever before as we're raising families here in the house of God, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Whoever fears the Lord has a secure fortress. That word fear doesn't mean we're afraid of God. It's a reverence and a respect and an understanding that he's God and I'm not. And that he so loved the world that he gave his son. We're in relationship with God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Whoever has a relationship like that with the Lord has a secure fortress. And you know that if you're walking with Jesus today, and you know in times of trouble that you have a place to flee to, a place to run to, a place of safety. He is your, your refuge and your fortress. But it goes on to say, and for their children, it will be a refuge. And so as we put Christ in the center of our homes, not only as parents do we discover uh, the power of God's presence and how real He is, but just by His presence being in our homes, our children discover that in this promise uh, from Joshua 24, uh, or excuse me, from Proverbs 14:26. Joshua said this, "Choose for yourself this day who you'll serve." And he declared this to the nation of Israel. but as for me and my house, we will. Serve the Lord. Make that your pledge, number one, uh, in points today of building a monumental family. Have authentic faith. Say, Pastor, what do you mean by that? Well, not a Sunday faith, because your children know the difference between just Sunday faith and not Monday faith or Tuesday faith or Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday faith. And, and so when we, when we really press into God, when we really have that uh, relationship with Jesus, We're living our faith out in front of our kids. It will imprint them in a profound way. It's not, I think family devotional time is wonderful. You should do it. Reading the Bible. um, We sat together together as family, um, had family devotions. I remember we began, when I was in grade three, I was not a good reader at all. And I struggled. Uh, my reading group at school was the turtles. They thought they were getting away with um, that I was a slow reader. We knew. The cheetahs and the turtles. We knew who was who, even though they were trying to disguise that. And, uh, and so my dad would have me read. I mean, make me read. Have me read. Uh, and, and I hated doing it because I would stutter at the words, not be able to sound them out. It was just a real painful experience. But I grew uh, to be able Uh, so what I can do today in public reading is because my dad made me. And so he's in heaven today. Thanks. Jesus, can you tell Dad? I'm really thankful. Um, and, and, uh, And so I think family devotions is great. Those things are great. But living your faith out authentically and allowing your children to see you have a relationship with Jesus really, really will imprint them. If you have a miracle that you're believing for in your family, include your kids in it. And pray together as a family. And as God does those miracles, uh, nothing will change your kids uh, like them witnessing in a family context a miracle in your home. Amia um, was sharing this week about being a young girl in a, in a camp setting like ours this week, and she had a, an ankle injury. It was black and blue. I don't know if she did it on a bouncy castle. She didn't say. Um, but it was black and blue, and um, the, the kids that were, she was preteen, the, the teenagers, uh, had some faith. They said, we should pray for your ankle. And she was instantly healed. The swelling went down. The color disappeared. And she shared that story. Oh, there you are, Mia. I didn't ask permission for your story. It's your story. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah, it's too late now. I know. And you shared about how that imprinted you. And, and you began to get weepy and say, no one, no one can tell me that there isn't a God. And so as our kids experience that, uh, it really does uh, imprint them. My best advice for you as parents today, get close to Jesus. Get close to Jesus, and that will help you in every way. Number two, be intentional with your time. Do you know that the average, this is a North American uh, stat, the, the average father spends with a school aged child, school aged child, seven minutes a day of quality time, focused, seven minutes a day. Just saying that's really probably not enough, but that's the stat. If that father has preschoolers, 37 seconds. 37 seconds, saying goodnight to them or tucking them in the bed, however that might play out. You know, we all have 24 hours in a day. We're all super busy and maybe too busy. And I just want to challenge you today as you look at your schedule, if I can be the old guy in the room today, um, and just tell you that time goes super fast. You're building your family. I know you want to bless them. You want to provide for them. But you need to make decisions because we all have 24 hours and how we use those. And they will be 18 before you know it. And I did it five times. And uh, my youngest turned 18 last year. Is going to Carlton University in the fall. Um, I'm super proud about that. And uh, and it just goes super fast, and you can't have it back. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes, it is better to have only a little with peace of mind than to be busy all the time with both hands trying to catch the wind. And Solomon was just talking about how frivolous it is to work so hard because at the end of the day, at what cost? At what cost? Our, all our busy rushing ends in nothing. Just a couple tips to be intentional with time. Have a conversation with each of your children every day. And look, I know. I know how it goes. I did it. I know. How was your day? Uh, so, like, what classes did you have today? Same ones as yesterday. Um so, like, what's teacher kind of, I don't know. I don't even know my teacher's name. They're a jerk. Like, I know how it goes. But you've got to outweigh them. And uh, we would do it in the car, uh, driving. Um, I would pick up from school. You've got to get creative with it. But lean in, and you're not letting them off the mat until you have some conversation. And once you get them talking, and they will... Um, you can find out a lot, and you're listening, not just for the words, but you're listening to what's happening in their life. Uh, we had, we had uh, supper time as a family. Uh, we we kind of had two crews of family uh, with Aaron kind of in between. Um, and uh, so our first three, and that was protected. Our family time, even when they became teenagers, they knew you were at the table, mom made dinner, and we're going to have dinner today, together And that was just for us, that may not work for you, but find a time when you can, you know, just intentionally, some have, I know, family night, that is amazing, you have games you play, the TV goes off, devices go off, and you just focus in on family, and that is an amazing investment that you can make to build a monumental family. Your kids will talk about it. Um, We have a game called Loop and Louie, it's a little airplane that flies around, there's chickens, and never mind, it's just a fun game. We bought it for our grandkids because we played it with our kids. And when I pull that out, it's not always the grandkids that get around the table. It's my kids that get around the table. And they go, oh, yeah, Lupin Louie. And as I look back, like, I don't even want to make it sound like we were so like intentional. We did it all the time. We never missed one. No, we're like you. We, we, we did miss stuff and didn't always. But in the intentionality, it imprinted. And it's powerful and it's positive. The other thing at family supper time you can tell is when you, if you have more than one kid, uh, if you have multiple children, which ones are fighting because they don't talk to each other at dinner. And by the way, it works the same way at church. I can always tell which kids are fighting because, never mind. All right. You get it. A lot gets, a lot happens in family time. If you have more than one child, I would recommend, we're talking about intentionality with time, and I know this is a great uh, time investment, meaning it's uh, it's a lot, but take your children one-on-one, and they are different one-on-one than they are in the family unit. They have a place in the family unit, and you'll discover that as they grow older, then they talk about it, or you remember your own birth order, and your older sister, younger brother, uh, what that was all like. And how often parents will go to a school event and go, what's my kid? Like, that's not the kid that is at home, right? Because they're in their individuality and they're discovering who they are outside the family unit, which is super, super, super important because at 18, 19, somewhere before 20, they're going to have to function in the world as an individual and outside the family unit. The family unit's super important. Spend one-on-one time and draw out the uniqueness of their personality, for building monumental families. I hope this, these little uh, little tidbits will help you. Go into their world. It's really easy if you have. I've got, I had boys that loved outdoors life. My oldest was in the woods with me from the time he was four. Um, he's still an outdoorsman. We can, we can pick up our relationship right where we left off. We just have to go for a walk in the woods, throw a line in a pond. But my other kids, they didn't do that. And I didn't like what they liked, but because you love them, you go into their world, and what's important to them has to be important to you. And uh, I, I think I wish I'd learned it. I've learned it more as a grandfather because I don't like all the things that they like, but I love being with them. And there's just an important principle there: as we value them, and they know they they know that may not be our favorite thing to do. But when we go into their world and discover their world, it's super important, and it goes a long way. Intentionality with time. Number three, help them discover their purpose. Now, this sounds, you know, if you have an infant or a two-year-old, I wonder what they'll be when they grow up. I'm going to help them discover that. You actually will, um, but not in the way that you think. They will decide Uh, what they want to be when they grow up, when they get to that age. But what you're going to help them do is help them see how they are uniquely made by God. They have a gifting and a calling on their life. And the way you find that out is what they're naturally good at. As parents, and I am very guilty of this, I have some regrets, um, and I fussed way too much over what they got wrong. I fussed way too much over what they weren't good at. And try to compensate and help them get good at something that really, to this day, they're not good at because God didn't create them to be good at everything. He created them to be good at some things. And then to master those things, it becomes a part of their unique makeup, who God created them and called them. So at the appointed time, they can function really powerfully uh, in what they're called to do. And you can spot that by seeing what they're good at. And not just good, but like, man, they are way better than other kids their age at at some of those things. I had an example of this this week. Um, Dan and Chelsea's daughter, Elsie, is five. She's five, right, Chelsea? What? I I'm sorry. I said Elsie. Elise. I got Ella, and I got a bunch of names going around in my head. I looked right at it and still got it wrong. Elise. Um, Elise is five. So. Elise was uh, her dad. Uh, She's working with her dad out on games. And there was a game called Rattlesnake Game. And there's a tennis ball and a noodle. And like a snake, you got to, you know, curl around the egg and then carry it to a bucket and drop it in. And I had my granddaughter, Regan, and um, she was new to the game. So Dan starts to explain the game. And uh, Elise jumps in and goes, so first, you take the noodle and you do this. And she ran through the whole thing. And, I mean, she explained it exceptionally Like, I'm standing there going, like, I know how to play this game now. And so what I did, and this is what we can do as a family, too, with children, and we watch, you know, their abilities come forth, is I got down at her eye level, actually got her name right, thankfully, and I said, you explained that in a way, I now know how to play this game. And then Reagan, um, Reagan's very athletic and beat everybody, um, and Elisa's strength wasn't being athletic. Her strength was being able to take information, process it, and then deliver it to you in a way that you understood. Like, I mean, way beyond a five-year-old. So I looked at her and I said, you have a capacity to teach. That is amazing. And we can speak words of life over our children. Notice the things that they do. And if you see kids in the house of God or you see their accomplishments on social media, Take notice. Speak over those things. We drawing them out. Why? Because we want them to be strong. We want them to be drawn out. We want them to get super confident in who they are, who God created them to be. Ephesians says this as a reminder. All the parents are going to go, "Oh no!" Um, Do not let unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. But only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. According to their needs. What do they need? This is what, uh, this, this, that it may benefit those who listen. And we've all blown it with our kids. And in frustration and anger said some things we shouldn't have said. And as adults, we can um, remember things that were spoken to us. The Bible says our mouth has the power of life and death. Say life. Say death i going to tell you in a minute how to pull the sting of something you've said out of your kids. It's possible. You can do it. Uh, love covers a multitude of sin. But I want you just to be thinking as we're talking about uh, building monumental uh, families uh, as we speak life over our children. And uh, what is your children, what do they need to hear? Be sensitive. What do they need to hear? Not what you want them maybe to hear at that moment, but what do they need? Speak according to what they need. Number four, how are we doing? Is this good, families? All right. If it wasn't, would you tell me? I don't know. So number four, monitor their relationships. And this is one I'm going to, you know, I feel like maybe a little bit stepping on some toes, but I do believe that our kids get to an age where they can choose their friends and, and there's some independence, but I think they really need some help along the way to do that. And we're monitoring who they choose as friends. And what we're really monitoring is their capacity and ability um, to live with boundaries in their life. Proverbs twenty four nineteen says, A mirror reflects a man's face, but what he is really like is shown by the kind of friends he chooses. It says in Proverbs 13, Be with the wise and become wise. Be with evil men and you will become evil. We could say it this way. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. We need to help our friends with our kids with their choosers, because as an adult, if you didn't have someone to help you with your chooser or a parent that just really didn't know who you were hanging out with, that as an adult, you might be in a relationship today. Or maybe you've had several um, uh, like partners relationship, significant other relationships, and you go, my chooser's broken because I keep choosing people who are abusive or I keep choosing people to take advantage of me or I keep choosing people that I'm comfortable kind of being their savior, and you're living in this kind of codependent relationship with them, and you're just caught up with a lot of relational pain, and a lot of that is the result of your chooser got broken because somebody, we're not born with the capacity to choose. And and so our parents are there, uh, should be there, and can be there, and here building monumental families at Harvest, you can really help your children, and if you notice... You're you're out there out playing, and uh, little Johnny always has to pick the game every time. You might want to say to your son or daughter, is there a game you wanted to play when you're one-on-one with them? And they go, well, yeah, but Johnny picks the game. And what you want to find out is, do they know how to say no to Johnny? You know they can say no to you, but can they say no to Johnny? No, Johnny, I don't want to play that game anymore. Or if they do that and it's healthy and Johnny maybe gets ticked off, takes all his toys and goes home, you can say to them, uh, what was that about? And they can talk and you, you can congratulate them that, you know what? It's okay to not want to be with somebody when they want to be bossy and they want to take over. And what you're doing is putting confidence in their life that their choosers correct. It's not fun to play with Johnny when he's like that, is it? No, it's not. Or maybe your kid's Johnny. just saying and you need to help johnny because he's going to grow up to be an obnoxious bully he's going to if you want to raise a control freak raise your kids without boundaries without any kind of sense of 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 knowing how to be be a friend and choose friends as they grow a little bit older and they become teenagers and they're thinking about partners and significant others we believe very strongly here in the house of god do not be yoked together with an unbeliever for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common and the answer is nothing what fellowship can light have with darkness and it's not talking about that people are bad or dark or evil but the spirit of god that resides because we're all broken we're all we're all you know flawed but as we're choosing a life partner as we're talking about living with jesus in the center of our lives that if you yoke or join your life with someone to be married to them and they don't have a common understanding of who God is, you can you, the Bible talks about a three-stranded cord is not easily broken. And we are tied physically. There's physical chemistry uh, and in, there's physical intimacy. There's emotional and, and, and there's emotional intimacy. And if those are the only two strings you have, you don't have sp- the spiritual tie You don't have the most important one. And so teaching our kids, and they're playing in the sandbox with friends, you're actually blessing them and getting them ready to be able to choose a life partner. Which, by the way, we don't get to do that in this culture. Um, In some cultures, they do. I'm not sure that's not a bad idea. I think maybe it could be a really good idea. But we don't get to do that in Ontario. And so we want to give our kids all the tools. And it starts when they're young. As teenagers, you're looking for these things. All right, you know why? Because building monumental families doesn't stop at 18 to 25. When we were singing that song, and we're gonna close here in a moment with it, that there would be a blessing on our children and their children. Today you're here and you might be struggling being a parent and it is hard and we really have to rely on the grace of God to do it. It's, a, it's the utmost calling. But again, sounding like the old guy in the room, as grandchildren start to be born of God's grace and mercy be on my life, I'll get to see great-grandchildren And you begin to see the clan begin to be built around your life. Why? Because you started and made a decision as for me and my house. We're going to serve God. Number five, I have just a couple more. Allow your children to experience the pain of consequences. Okay. (laughs) I mean, every generation does parent a little different. And often there's a reaction to, you know, how our parents did it, meaning me. (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, and there's just this helicopter, we don't want to hurt their feelings. They've got feelings, and I know we, we got it wrong as parents. I'm a, I'm a boomer on the tail end of being a boomer, and we got it wrong in that we didn't let kids express their feelings the way they should, um, and I get that, and, and does, that's not healthy for development. But now we've swung the pendulum the other way and it's all about feelings and little Johnny and little Mary can kick up tantrums and hold a household and a school hostage because they're having a feeling moment. No, they're not. They're being a control freak. And they've got everybody watching, everybody. and, and, And I just want to caution that I think it's super important that we honor the emotional peace and we're mental health conscious. And I love it. I'm the first one to go, yes, yes, yes. But in this piece of allow your kids to feel the pain of consequences, if you don't, you say, what do you mean by that? So they come home, and there's a note from the teacher saying that they were talkative or whatever the case might be, and your first reaction goes, what? No way! And they hear you say that, and then you take them aside, did Mrs. Jane's say you were talkative yes mommy and it made me feel very embarrassed mom it was so embarrassing they're playing you like a fiddle you were embarrassed and you go in and chew a teacher out yeah no they were talkative all right your kid sometimes is inappropriate behaving (laughs) nobody's bad inappropriate behaving and there should be consequences. I don't want to explain why. This is super important because the pain of bearing consequences produces character. <laughs> and there is no way around it. When, uh, when my guys were little, when my guys were little, oh, that's the cue that I need to wrap it up. When my guys were little, we had an amazing driveway. It had brand-new asphalt. It was double-wide, and they had gotten for Christmas um, a little Tykes pedal car that had the steering on the sides so that they could pedal it super fast, hit, hit it in two circles, and they rode that thing until they rode the, uh, wore the wheels out. When they first received it, I walked them to the end of the driveway and said there's a sidewalk, and then there was a little piece of asphalt apron, and then the street, street the cars drove on. I said, boys... This line right here, you can go up to that line, but you cannot go on the sidewalk. If you do, you will die. Now, I mean, if they got hit by a car, that's true. Or if they did it, they would have to face me, and that could be true as well. And, and, uh, and I mean, God said that to Adam and Eve. "Ever, You are free. To do anything and everything. But there are some things that are just not good for you. And they will hurt you. And God knows how he designed us. And we're teaching our children how they're designed. What's good for them. What's not good for them. And we're, we're saying there's a consequence. Mom and dad, if you come up with a consequence, you've got to stick with it. And so I said, if you cross this line, you'll lose the ability to ride the car for the rest of the day, you will have to watch your brothers ride it. You will sit and watch them, but you can't do that. And so you, you know, you know how this story goes. You know how this went. So they were like racing up to it, kind of doing a little woo. and then my—I haven't asked him permission. I can't tell you which one, but it was one of them with blonde hair, and and he would get right up and and skid right on the line. And then have a look to see if I was looking. Didn't go over. Some of you, I'm, the, I'm a walk the line. Per, we get up. We get up dangerously close. We want to push that envelope and go, if you tell me, if you tell me there's a, I want to, and, and some of us are raised up. And some of you have kids like that. But here's the deal. If they don't feel the pain of the consequence. And he drove that thing right over the sidewalk, onto the apron. He was doing bigger loops. And Dad had to go out and say, you've got to get out of the car. And here's the great thing about discipline. You don't have to be angry. You don't have to yell. You go, I, I see you made a really bad decision. Wow, not a good decision today. You decided to get out of the car. and I don't want to do that. And they're going to be in pain in that moment because they're going to have But if you do not allow them the pain of their consequences, you are raising a control freak. Either a passive controller, which number two, number three kids will be, because number one usually is the aggressive controller. And you want them to learn boundaries. And I had a, just, if you would like to know more about boundaries with kids, we have a slide. Uh, There it is. I would highly, highly, highly recommend every parent read this book. It is a great book on how to parent your children. And not raise control freaks. I got to finish up. Number six. This one. Embrace amazing grace. And God's grace is so amazing. This is going to be a two-way streak. One, we are not going to get this perfect. You will not have a perfect child. Though I know you think. I know you think they are. I know you do. They're not. Flesh and blood, humanity. You're not perfect parents. If you are trying to be, I release you from that in the name of Jesus. That is foolishness to try to reach for perfection because you are not perfect. God is only perfect. He did not give you the capacity to be a perfect parent, whatever that is. I don't even know what that is because there's no such thing. But you can be a loving, supportive, nurturing, caring, loving parent, which is what you are. And as you are loved by God, you can love your children. And embraces amazing grace. And when you blow it, the Bible says, I said it already, Sin, uh, um, love covers a multitude of sin. God's love covers you. And listen, your love covers them. I have, uh, if you're new to the church, you might not know that I have a special needs adult son. Who's my perpetual child. He's very childlike in his understanding and his approach to life. Which is actually quite a blessing for all of us. And... Um, And I can come home frustrated and I can take it out on him, unknowing. Sometimes probably knowing too, because I'm flawed as well. And I can see the look on his face as my voice is louder than it should be and deeper than it should be. And I snap. And if I catch it, or if Christina catches it, we're talking about embracing amazing grace and teaching our children about grace and forgiveness. And the best way you can do that is to model it, and I say, oh, Aaron, oh, Aaron, listen, uh, Dad's not mad at you. And his little voice will come up, you're not mad at me? <laughs> oh, dang. No, I'm not mad at you, son. I'm mad at something else, and I took it out on you. Aaron, that's really wrong for me to do that. And I-, I wonder if you would forgive me. I forgive you, Dad. You can do the very same thing with your children. And you know, you know, I know, or your spouse knows. (laughs) And to go one-on-one into your kid's room, whether they are 3, 4, 5, 6, 18, 33, there's nothing more powerful than going to your children. And when you can remember, you can remember, and you know in this room if you're an adult and you've gone through and wished, if only my parents had just pulled the fiery dart of what they spoke or how they said it, or, or, and, and, and. They can remove judgment out of you. They can remove so much simply by saying, hey, listen, I'm sorry. And some of us have been waiting for parents to do that. And, and, the, and the reality is we've grown as adults realize they don't perhaps have a capacity to do that because they are not believers. They don't know how to do that. But as we embrace the amazing grace of God that loves us so much, I can tell you that there's no sin that, I mean, God, for, God forgiving us is the biggest forgiveness. To be able to go to your children. Some people, I don't know why, but they think, you know, it kind of lowers me. Yes, it humbles, not lowers, it humbles. And you look them in the eye in that moment and go, would you forgive me? And you can literally pull out anything that's been spoken, anything that's been done. And it'll be removed. And embrace them and love them and thank them for forgiving you. If they're 13 or 14, they may say, no, I will not. It's all right. They have to learn a different lesson. And you have to learn a different lesson and that's another sermon because they're becoming young adults now and they have to learn about forgiveness another way. But as we do it, when they're younger, they'll do it quicker and sooner as they're older. With every head bowed and every eye closed, we're gonna sing the song. We, worship team's just gonna pronounce blessing over our families, our children, our monumental families in this house. Just before we do, the Bible says that God has a family. God has a family and it's not attending church we say at Harvest you can you can belong before you believe you not maybe don't believe in God or believe in different things that are happening but you found community here we often hear that but we encourage everybody to understand to become part of God's family you can become part well we're, we're like yeah everybody be a part of the Harvest family but to make God your heavenly father To have the miracle of salvation take place in your heart. That your spirit becomes born again. And you become a son and a daughter of God. That happens when we recognize that, that family bond with God was broken when we were born in sin. Today, the solution, the antidote to sin is Jesus on the cross. We call it Easter. God so loved the world that he gave his son a family member so that you could be a part of the family. Today, God's inviting you into his family. If you're here today, and you've never invited Jesus into your life to forgive you of your sins and to begin eternal life today. I want to invite you to do that with every head bowed and eye closed. If you're here today, and you say, pastor, include me in that prayer. I want to be a part of God's family today. I'd like you to raise your hand wherever you are. No one's looking around. I just want to this privacy of this moment. Is there anyone? Just lift your hand today so I can see across the room. Yes, I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you there. Anyone else today? Yes, thank you. Is there anyone else today? Oh, we just love it when people make this. Yes, I see your hand. Thank you. Yeah, come on, Harvest. <clears throat> Born into the family of God. Now, we're going to help you. You need to pray this prayer either from your heart today. Just mean it. But we're going to help you. We're all going to pray this prayer. Pray it with us. Dear Jesus, thank you that you love me. You're inviting me into the family of God. I accept. Come into my heart. Forgive my sin. I begin my new life with you today on Family Sunday. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Congratulations if you made that decision. Let's stand together today. We're going to transition outside in just a moment, but let's sing this song in closing.
1: and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. May His favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children their children, may His favour
0: be upon you,
1: and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may His favour be upon you, and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children his presence go before you and behind you and beside you, all around you and within you. He is with you, He is with you in the morning, in the We'll see you next Sunday. Be blessed.